Welcome to 5D Full Disclosure. This is Aurora and we're back with the Celestine Prophecy and this is going to be insights 4, 5, and 6. So in the first three insights, we start to understand the beginning of the awakening journey. So through the first insight, we just start, we start to discover synchronicities. We start to observe that everything that is happening within our lives is not a coincidence that there's a divine force that is actually moving through us and and moving through events and experiences that there is a divine intelligence behind life it's not meaningless and it's not random and then we get to the second insight which is where we get to see a little bit of the bigger picture in what uh, James Redfield describes as the spiritual design this is when we start to see that life on this planet has a meaning, that there is a purpose for why we are here. We start to see the greater picture that is beyond just ourselves. And this is where our spiritual calling begins. Our individual mission begins to kind of percolate. And we start to get that feeling, that intuition, that we are here to accomplish something, that we have a soul mission. And so those insights and those downloads start to, start to come into our awareness. And then we hit the third insight, which is the true understanding of energy. This is why I said that um, that we tend to get stuck at the third insight because we have to take accountability when we reach the third insight. When we start to understand that everything is energy and that the world is simply reflecting back to us our own energy. This is where we have the greatest growth because we start to take accountability for the experiences and for the events that have occurred in our lives. We start to truly come to understand that everything is a reflection of us. And when we start to change our energy, when we start to interact with the, in the world in a different way, we start receiving more blessings. We start having more synchronistic events. The universe starts reflecting back to us the higher energy. Um, it's, it is about karma. Um, it is about shifting away from a taking energy to a giving energy and what that really means. And it comes with accountability. And then we reach the fourth insight, which is the struggle for power. So James Redfield describes the human control dramas in the fourth insight. This is why it requires such a large leap from the third to the fourth. Once you start taking accountability for yourself and for the co-creation of your own reality, you start to see how everyone and everything has been programmed to struggle for control of energy. And this is where you get into a deeper understanding of your energy-taking pattern. And these are taught and inherited. This is exactly what we teach about the ego programming. And this is also, also inherited. So the human control dramas are when we seek the, eth the ethic of giving and not taking from or manipulating others. We step into consciousness. We begin to detect our ego's past manipulation devices, which are control dramas, that we have used to build ourselves up at another's expense. 
if we are heartful and catch ourselves every time we begin a control drama, eventually this drama falls away completely. The dramatics begin to fall away until we can stop ourselves before we ever lapse into such a trap. Now through giving, we can move forward synchronistically in freedom, ready to experience even more extraordinary moments of God's connection. So this is a key insight because once you make it here, you really start to understand energy. And this is why the ego programmings are so crucial for the understanding as you move through the awakening process. So I highly recommend, if you have not, to go to our website at 5dfulldisclosure.org. <clears throat> and on the homepage, there are free resources. And one of them is the ego workbook. It lays out all of the ego programmings. And it also does talk about the control dramas. Um, so there are four main control dramas and once you are aware of them and what your own personal control drama is, you can start to dissolve it. You will also notice the pattern within others and this will give you um, kind of a higher level of mastery of how to navigate when you're dealing with others who are still in control dramas. <clears throat> so the four control dramas, the first one is the interrogator, the second one is the intimidator, the third one is the poor me victim. And the fourth is the aloof. And these go and kind of match with one another. So the first one is the interrogator and this matches with the aloof. So this is created during childhood. So for instance, if you had parents who were interrogators, they would be the type of parent who are very intrusive. So they're always <clears throat> kind of trying to control you or your experiences um they ask a lot of questions they you constantly feel like you have to explain yourself um it may have also been that you were criticized you know they were always kind of looking for something to criticize or judge and so what happens is if you if you have parents like that or you grew up in an environment that was very interrogative you would develop the control drama of aloof and these all take energy in different ways, right? So you could A, grow up to be an interrogator yourself because that's how you learned to take energy from others. And with the interrogator, this comes jealousy, lack of trust, um, intrusiveness. It's someone who feels like they are owed explanations or communication and they want to kind of dictate every little thing and micromanage others and so they're always looking for something they're always kind of digging and wanting more information more control more communication and so you either grow up to replicate that same dynamic or you become the aloof in which that's another way of taking energy and the aloofs are people who purposely don't communicate and who often have a lot of struggle with communication, um, especially vulnerable communication, because they feel they're going to be getting in trouble for something or they feel that they're going to be criticized or judged if they actually express themselves or they are truthful and upfront. So these are people who avoid things. They're very aloof, <clears throat> kind of mysterious. You never really know what they're doing. They're really not up that, that upfront they're kind of vague and that is a way of taking energy in and of itself. These are just two mirror dynamics. So the interrogator, 
doesn't feel safe unless it knows. It needs to know things and it needs to feel like it has some sort of control or say. Now the aloof takes energy by withholding information and not being upfront, kind of being very elusive because in that way it naturally, you will naturally attract an interrogator type. So you can then see how this has played out in your later relationships. You might either, so for the example and how these would work vice versa, if you grew up with aloof parents, maybe they were very hands off, they were kind of wrapped up in their own lives and they didn't dedicate too much time to you and what you was going on in your life you become the interrogator because it's the way you're trying to pull attention towards yourself because you're not receiving it and with the aloof it's like they want attention you know everybody wants attention and i don't mean that in the lower sense we all want love and presence and attention right Presence meaning someone is completely present with you, they are listening to you, they are hearing you, they are exchanging energy with you on an equal level. The problem is that we have been programmed with the ego mind and so we don't have our source connection activated. We come in with amnesia where we're completely cut off from source and so we're in this power struggle and fight for energy, which is what the cabal taught humanity because the cabal... Um, we're not created from source so they don't have a source connection which is the unlimited flow of life force energy right so they don't have that so they had to take energy from humanity through these control dramas and thus humanity was taught to do the same so the aloof tries to pull energy towards them It's like they want that love and they want to be present, but they mistrust others and they actually mistrust themselves. And so they act very hard to get, very hard to pin down, very hard to communicate with. Um, And it's another form of taking energy because it causes the other party to become the interrogator, to try and pull that energy towards them. So this is the imbalance of power, especially in relationships. Now, the other two, the intimidator and the poor me, typically present themselves as what you would see play out in 3D as an abusive relationship. Now, this doesn't always mean it it does entail abuse. Um, It's just the most common form um, where there's an intimidator and then there's a victim. Um, But this can play out in many other ways. So the intimidator would be if you grew up in a household where, let's say, your parents were very authoritarian, you know, what they said goes, there's no discussion. Um, You didn't, you weren't granted a lot of autonomy. You were kind of just told what it is you were going to do. And if you weren't going to do that, and you weren't going to listen and be obedient, you might have been threatened with, let's say, a spanking or some type of physical discipline. Um, This could have been more severe, of course, for many of you You might have grown up where there was severe abuse if you did not do what you were told or what the, the other party wanted you to do. So the intimidator takes energy through fear and it manipulates through fear. And this will naturally attract the same side of the coin, which is the victim, the poor me, which is someone who feels like they have no autonomy and they have no empowerment. 
But at the same time, they're also taking energy through the poor me victim mentality because they're refusing to empower themselves. Instead, they are allowing themselves to be controlled by fear um, or control. Um, and they're not looking at it within themselves. How did I attract this? How did I allow this to take my power? Instead, they thrive off of the attention that they get for playing the victim. So again, depending on how you grew up and what influences you were around, you'll notice that you might have either grown up um, adopting the same controlled dramas that you, uh, that you experienced as a child, or you'll go to the opposite. It's usually one or the other. Um, so a lot of people who grew up, let's say, in intimidating households, they either grow up to be the poor me victim who they later will then attract relationships and partners who display the same kind of intimidator tactics or they themselves grow up to be the intimidator because they never want to feel disempowered again. But really they're still disempowered because the intimidator is ruled by fear even though they themselves it's perceived that they have this this control and this power they have so much fear inside of them, which is why they act that way. It's, we're all attempting to overcome our feelings of powerlessness, our feelings of lack of love, our feelings of lack of attention and care. We're all attempting to overcome those insecurities, that void. But we do this through control drama. So I highly recommend that you kind of uh, research and dive into these control dramas because once you begin to notice them, especially within yourself, you can start to dissolve them. And this is how you will cultivate divine relationships. Again, this doesn't have to be a romantic partner. This can be with anybody. These control dramas will play out in any type of relationship, platonic, friendship, business partnerships, um, extended family, friends, um, children. So once you see it and you start dissolving that within yourself, you now allow that control drama to die out. When you're navigating with other people who are still in that control drama, it is helpful to be able to identify what their control drama is so that you can be very aware of how you respond to it. You can be very aware that you're not trying to match the frequency. So for instance, if you have an interrogator uh, dynamic with a parent, let's say, um, when they go into that energy, you want to be sure that you're not trying to match that energy by also then becoming the interrogator, the judger, the criticizer, and that you're also not trying to flip to the opposite side of the coin, uh, which is the aloof who kind of runs away, pushes it away, um, avoids it. You want to show up and be fully present and whole and centered and that's what actually will help dissolve that within others as well but it's really really insightful in terms of how we as humans have been trying to take energy from one another this entire time and if we want to cultivate true real whole connections we must dissolve these dramas and that will bring us to the fifth insight which is the spiritual connection and as James Redfield describes it he says we break through momentarily to experience a moment that seems to move us past our normal level of consciousness and we sense an ultimate connection. Sometimes this event comes through a spiritual practice where we have found 
that brings us to this moment. It could be an experience through prayer, meditation, music, communing with nature, or a host of other points of entry. Instantly, we receive a fast forward boost in our sense of well-being, peace, and blissfulness. An experience described by prophets and saints as a greater sense of knowing and wisdom and the deep emotion of love. Convincing us even more by foretelling that spiritual consciousness is real and provides a look ahead to the level of awareness, the ultimate goal of spiritual evolution. So when you reach this insight, what he's basically saying is on our journey when we reach this point, we as we're starting to do the inner work, right? Because the third and the fourth insight are a lot about doing the inner work, recognizing our programmings, taking accountability, dissolving the ways in which we take energy and the programmings play into that. So even though he only lists four control dramas, there are like 90 different ego frequencies. So it's important to be aware of those as well. Once you reach this fifth insight, it's where you've, you're really starting to do the inner work and you're starting to dissolve these programmings. And that is when the soul is able to actually come fully online and you'll start to feel more and more of these momentary feelings of bliss where you feel connected back to source. You feel connected to your soul. You start to feel the oneness within everything, the connectedness of everything. And there's usually a moment that you can recall that he describes it as a breakthrough moment. That's definitely true. There's a moment after you've begun to do the inner work where you finally have almost a revelation. You feel this higher sense of connectedness. And in that brief moment, you remember what it feels like to be connected to source. And then we typically will go through a, a lot of seesawing um, through this stage where we have that momentary feeling and then we kind of get brought back down into the lower frequencies because something in our life occurs, right? We've got to go to our job and we're surrounded by low consciousness people. We have an experience or event come up in our life that's very challenging for us and it kind of brings up wounding and pain and suffering. This is a very seesaw type period. But you'll never forget that feeling. And so that feeling will always keep bringing you back, bringing you back, bringing you back. And so this is kind of, I would say, call the fourth, fifth, and sixth insight, the second wave of awakening. One through three, I would feel is the first wave of awakening. It's very kind of basic and you're just starting to learn some new things, but you're you're feeling that intuitive calling coming. You're starting to, to really feel the higher nature of what's going on. And then the fourth, fifth, and sixth is where the, the work gets really nitty gritty. Because it takes work and it takes discipline to keep bringing yourself back to that heart-centered connection with source. Every single thing about this plane of existence is designed to distract you from your connection to source. Period. End of story. Period. Every single thing in 3D is designed to keep you distracted from your connection with source. And it takes discipline and it takes focus and it takes work 
to strengthen that source connection and to work through all of the millions and millions of layers of wounding and programming. And yes, it is, it's a process. It is a process, but that first breakthrough tells you, keep going. You're on the right track. Just keep coming back to that heart connection. Keep coming back to that connection with source. It will not steer you wrong. Everything will try to distract you. And fear, especially, is such a powerful energy um, to try and counteract that feeling of unconditional love. And it takes, again, focus and discipline to overcome that. And then that brings us to the sixth insight. And he describes this as clearing the past. And he says, experiencing moments of profound spiritual connection opens us up to the sixth insight. We begin to receive a sense of clarity for where synchronicity is taking us, what our life direction might be. This consciousness brings the strong intuition and guides us to our mission in this life, This could fall within any area of human endeavor or any areas of life to finding your passion. It is usually a vague glimpse of our future destiny, one that invokes in us a heightened sense of inspiration and fulfillment. Though somewhat undetermined, our intuitions can stand as a general goal that will help us understand and follow our synchronistic path and help us move forward. So here again, we arrive at the end of the second wave, another leaping point, because what he describes as the sixth insight is the, you get a much more clearer picture of your life's mission. So remember this, this kind of starts to develop in the the second and third insight. And it comes back full circle to where in the beginning, it's you know you're here for a purpose and you can feel that within your soul and you know that you are here to wake up. And that intuitive sense starts really coming online and that's when you're searching for the truth, you're absorbing information, you're asking questions, you know, you're discerning within yourself what resonates with you and what doesn't. And then when you get to the sixth insight, it's when you have finally come through um, a lot of the inner work where you have cleared out the programmings, the woundings, the control dramas, the attachments, the belief systems, the four, like I said, the fourth, fifth, and sixth, it's, it's heavy duty work. And arriving at this sixth, it is a clearing of the past. It's when you have finally kind of come full circle and you've cleared a lot of your karmic energy which again, karmic energy simply means lessons unlearned. When we have lessons that have been unlearned, they repeat themselves. That's what karmic energy is. And when we finally take accountability, we do the inner work, we start making the more conscious choices, we start fueling our connection with source rather than feeding our energy into all of these other lower distractions, we start clearing the past, these, these karmic energies, because we've learned the lesson. And what's the lesson? <laughs> Every lesson is always the same. Return to love. That's the lesson. No matter what happens, return to love. That, that is the only lesson of planet Earth. Um, 
And so you start to get this more profound sense of why you're here, of what your unique blueprint is. This is when you start to really get the sense that you have a specific goal or mission or gift and you'll know this by your passions and so a lot of the third fourth and fifth insight is also getting in tune with what you are passionate about what your gifts are um and it's pretty easy to know because you'll always be guided back to similar things things that you enjoy doing um things that you enjoy learning about things you enjoy teaching um things that really spark your passion and creativity and your joy that's how you're going to know. And so when you get to the sixth insight, this is when you have to start really trusting your intuition because it's the only thing that's going to guide you forward. And typically during this phase is when a lot of things may fall apart. You may no longer resonate with where you live. You may no longer resonate with your job. You may no longer resonate with some of your friends or your family or your partner or whoever it is. There just comes a time where your path is kind of very vividly illuminated in front of you. And you, it's a little bit of a choice point before you move to the next wave. Um, and so if any of you are here right now in that, in, that, um, in that stage of awakening, where you're sensing you have a very distinct life mission and you're really not sure what to do with that, um, again, please reach out to us. That's why we're here. Um, we've been through these stages many times over. Um, and this is a choice point. And I feel many of you first waivers may be here right now. And you're inspired and you're excited, but you're also a little scared because this is a void space and there is a requirement at this level to make a leap. <clears throat> and we don't always feel ready to make that leap, but it is required. And, and sometimes it is a process um, of us getting our courage and our bravery in order to make that leap. But the leap will occur, it must occur. Evolution cannot be stopped. So if you are in that phase, the leap is much scarier than it sounds. <laughs> um, as soon as you make the leap, everything changes. Everything changes. Um, so that is the sixth insight. Um, again, Please dive into the control dramas. Highly recommend doing some reflections on those. They sum up literally the entire um, lower dynamics of humanity and just having the awareness of them can instantly start to dissolve them. Um, so thank you guys for listening. I love you and I will be back with the seventh, eighth, and ninth insight.